What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 18 of season two. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it's your boy, Zero Dark 30, 23, Brisk 33. Kurt, ask me to explain what the fuck I just said. I'm going to need you to explain in depth what that means. Wait, can I guess first? Oh, yeah. Take a guess. Is that your screen name, AIM? Well, part of it. Okay, so you got part of it right, Kurt, but let's just start from the beginning. Zero Dark 30 is when the troops went silent. I think that was what they did in the mission to kill Bin Laden, or it might be in general. It's when they go stealth mode, basically. I think that's the gist of it. So that's what they did. And then LeBron, when he activates his playoff mode, went instead of Zero Dark 23, he went Zero Dark 30 23, which made no sense. It's what he does when he is going silent on social media for the playoffs. And then I just added my own Bebris33, which is my username for stuff. I added that on at the end. Basically, Kurt, it's playoff time. That's what I'm trying to say. And also, fuck LeBron. <laughs> yes, correct to both those things. Also, <clears throat> that's all. That's electric, Bruno. But <laughs> question for you. Oh, yeah. Did you call it AIM or did you call it AIM? I I was AIM. I don't know if that's you know inflammatory, a, but... I am a big AIM guy. I think you're, okay. I think you're a noob Ooh. if you're AIM. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad I passed the test because we've never. This is something we've never talked about. That was not not planned. I had no idea what Kurt was going to say. I'm glad I passed the test. There, I was a little nervous. You did pass. You passed with flying colors. Um, but I know that's a hot topic. That people people are very passionate about that. Yeah, it's it's that, and then the read or read receipts kind of both of those two things get get the people fired up. Bruno, I think you know where I lie in that debate. Where do you lie in the red slash red slash read receipts? I. For those who don't know at home, I'm a red receipt guy. The text has been red, a red receipt. Yeah, I'm also, shockingly, we agree twice. I'm also a red receipt guy, but I'm not going to lie to you. I've twisted my brain up. I feel like I've said confidently I'm a read receipt guy before, and then I had to be like, oh, wait, no, I'm a red receipt guy. I My own brain gets twisted up over that one, but I, I'm on red. Team red. All right, team red. Go red. Um, Bruno, we have reached the end of the regular season. We have reached the end of the Patriot season, which is tragic and doesn't seem right, but it is what it is. And uh, 256 games are in the book, and we are left with 14 teams going to the dance. Yeah, it is what it is. So first of all, shout out, it is what it is. But it's just, it was such a weird feeling, like, and it, it, I wouldn't say it's complete either, but it was a weird feeling on last Sunday, like no playoff implications. We weren't caring about seeding. We're not even in the playoffs. Like, it was weird just having a game when like we were talking through all these playoff scenarios and we're not a part of them. And it's also very weird entering the playoffs without that like sense of like stress. Or, or I don't know. It was it's it's almost like every year it's like the Patriots against the world, right? So like I feel like at the start of every playoffs, we're like, oh shit, we gotta like get get ourselves serious, even though for real it didn't actually start till AFC championship game. It's very I don't think it's hit me yet until Maybe week two of the playoffs, because normally we'll have a bye in the first week. It won't even hit me till or yeah, week two of the playoffs that the Patriots aren't in it. I that sentence just sounds still sounds so foreign. Like I vividly remember last year's game against the Titans that they played in Foxborough. They painted on the field wild card round. And I was like, what is this? Bruh. What is the wild card round and what scumbag teams play? Because <laughs> it ain't us. Yeah, it ain't us. <laughs> it ain't us. But last year uh... this year we're not even in it. So yeah, so our, our last uh, playoff memory will continue to be uh, pick six from uh, Legend. That's still mind-boggling to me, and I could have an entire podcast episode and bore you for an hour and a half on how it makes no sense that Tom Brady's last pass as a Patriot in Gillette Stadium was a pick six to a former Patriot. Dude, just crazy. It's crazy. Like, that's not 
like we talk about storybook endings and stuff. That's like literally the exact opposite. I had convinced myself that Brady was coming back solely on the fact that his last pass was an interception. And I was like, he ain't going to end like that. Oh, yeah. Kurt, I was very much with you in that. I was in the 0% chance he leaves camp. Brady said that was a cute. That's cute. You all think that while speaking to Tampa and throw 40 touchdowns. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, the TB12 method does not discriminate. It does not discriminate. Bruno, without any further ado, we have mm-hmm. a uh, a lot to get through. Okay, so let's let's start plugging away with it. What do you say? Let's, hey, let's plug. Let's plug. Starting with the Miami Dolphins. Okay, they go on the road to Buffalo. A lot was at stake in this one, Bruno. Okay, a lot was at stake in this one. Dolphins fighting for a playoff spot. They were ten and five with along with three other teams in the AFC. They needed the win to get to the playoffs. Blah blah blah. Uh, for Buffalo, it mattered too, though, because they had a chance to lock up the two seed. And for seeding purposes, obviously. This year, it's different. The one seed is the only team with the bye. Kansas City locked that up a little bit ago. Um, but they were pretty much, the Bills were pretty much competing with Pittsburgh um, to, to make sure that they the Bills would lock in that two seed. Um, and obviously, that matters going forward because if Kansas City is knocked out, Buffalo would get home field. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, uh, not a lot to talk about in this one other than the Bills absolutely dominated the game. They scored 28 points alone in the second quarter and go on to a 56-26 victory, knocking the Dolphins out of the playoffs. Um, it, just, it was interesting for me, too, because I felt like it was time. Obviously, Bruno, we've chatted a lot on the podcast about Brian Flores and his decisions to bench Tua mm-hmm. in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, but Ryan Fitzpatrick went on the COVID list before this game. So it was sink or swim time for Tua. And even though his statistics say 35-58 for 361 on the touchdown, so much of that was in garbage time. The, the Bills were destroying the Dolphins. So uh, a lot of those were just like um, those numbers were accumulating rapidly in the fourth quarter. But not a great game for Miami. They have a lot to be proud of this season because they, I, they're they a better team than I think almost anyone would have said. But the Bills just proved again how dominant they are heading into the postseason. Yeah, um, they put up 56 points, Kurt. That is a metric shit ton if you will if you follow my measurements uh in their last three games bills points 48 38 against a team that shall not be named and 56 so it's safe to say they're hot at the right time and i also just saw they signed kenny stills to their team as well recently uh, another wide receiver free agent who again it's it's not like it really needed that maybe they just i think john brown on the bills he's been fighting injuries all year maybe he's not gonna be healthy for the playoffs i don't know so i guess i can see that but like again doesn't seem like they're having any problems on offense right now. So my biggest takeaway from this, the Dolphins, you know, just missed the playoffs. I think they, what did they finish? 10 and 6? 10 and 6. That's, they're not just putting up 56 against, like, the Jets. Like, this, that's a that's a team that almost made the playoffs that, you know, double-digit wins. Brian Flores is a defensive-minded coach. You know, they've been better all year. And obviously, maybe, you know, the, the future might be bright for them. But that's not just 56 against a scrub team. That's 56 against, a, you know, decently good team that just missed the playoffs. Right. So, exactly. honestly, if you're a Bills fan, you have to be pretty excited come playoff time. I know generally playoff games aren't as high scoring. But, hey, that Josh Allen, look, he's tall and looks good in shorts. So, I don't know. You know what? I can, I can confirm both of those things. Uh, Josh Allen has been a huge huge surprise i'd say i i remember beginning at the beginning of the season i thought josh allen would take the jump i didn't think he'd take the leap no because it's he has proven this season to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl this year oh who knows if it's if it the longevity of that is it a flash in the pan that will remain to be seen 
but they had a good thing cooking up there in Buffalo. They really, really do. Um, I I feel like they're a team who's going to be around for a while. Sean McDermott's got it going on. Stephon Diggs, what yep. a trade, what an acquisition. Josh Allen oh, playing yeah. the way he is. That defense wasn't as good as they have been in the past, but the Bills were 13-3. and three. So, yeah. <laughs> Bruno, I know we have a ton to talk about. We're still in the first game. But I want to float yep. this question out to you, okay? Float it. Brian Flores fired Chan Gailey after the game. So in the, his last two seasons, Brian Flores has fired his offensive coordinator. Okay, so they don't have an offensive coordinator right now. Clearly, he's still not pleased with the offense. Flores, Brian Flores is not pleased with the offenses. The Dolphins have the third pick of the draft because they they traded Jeremy Tunsil to Houston. That's where Houston ended up. They ended up third. So the Dolphins have that pick. If Justin Fields mm-hmm. or uh, Zach Wilson, yeah, Zach, Zach Wilson, or even Trey Lancer there, and mm-hmm. Brian Flores really likes them. Could you see Flores trading away to a for one of those guys? Because I, before you start, I feel like to his arm after injury did not look the same. Yeah, so it's an interesting question. I've heard a lot about it in the last two days. I feel like. We see, we've seen our boy, Big Big Cat, shout out the competition part of my take. He had a very strong opinion saying that they should draft a quarterback at three if they think they're better than Tua. Um, I can see that argument, and especially it's good that we just had a case of the Cardinals where they basically did this exact same thing where they drafted Josh Rosen. I forget the number fifth, but it was in the first round. And then the very next year, they were like, fuck it, we're taking Kyler Murray, and that has paid off for them, right? So I, I, I will probably say I would lean towards if you think – the quarterback available at three is better than Tua, you probably should take him. That being said, I also don't know if I'm ready to give up on Tua yet. Like you said, he went through some injuries. They kind of were like handcuffing him this year, it feels like with the play calls. And like you said, maybe they just need the right offensive coordinator. But again, it's like Big Cat put it best. And I, so I'm just going to kind of repeat what I what, what he kind of said. Like you only pick at three so often, especially for a Dolphins team that's putting themselves in a position to like, compete for real starting next year and moving forward so like again like you've got to get your quarterback and if you don't feel like it's Tua or if you just feel like whoever's there at three is better than Tua I feel like you know what's gonna improve your team more picking an offensive lineman that you know is probably solid or like a a transformational quarterback so yeah I could see them definitely taking a quarterback if Flores doesn't think Tua is the answer um but I could also see them going out there and getting like Devonta Smith or Waddle or Jamar Chase LSU because that team, if you know, they, they're a pretty solid offense, but if you get a guy like that, oop, right. that could change things. So that's enough about that game. Bills, the two seed in the playoffs. Dolphins, they're out. Yep. Another team making it to the postseason this year, Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Since that loss to the Patriots, when they were six and five, they went five and mm-hmm. zero. Baltimore absolutely thrashed the Bengals 38 to three. I don't have much to say about this game at all. Bruno Lamar Jackson, he's been hot lately. Good spot for them going to the postseason. Less pressure than last year, obviously. What do you take away from this game, if anything? Um, nothing from this game. The only thing I'll say is that uh, Joe Burrow tweeted after the game. He's like, you know, thanks for holding down to the fans, and hopefully that's the last game he has to watch on TV. Again, he tore his like ACL and MCL and a bunch of stuff, so hopefully he's healthy for next year. But the Ravens, again, I don't take away a ton of stuff from this game other than like hopefully this, you know, if you're a Ravens fan or player, it gives you some confidence. I will say the stretch of teams that they beat in this end of the season since we beat them isn't anything that great to be honest like they beat the cowboys eh. 
the Browns and what was probably the, like one of the games of the season. That was a fantastic game. And then Jaguars, Giants, Bengals. So I, again, it's like I don't. It's good that they got these wins, but again, like other than the Browns, none of those teams are in the playoffs. So it's like I don't know what you can really say about moving forward. Though I will say, I think you and I both talked about this in a previous episode. I think it's much better for them to come in like they are now, where it's t- the Chiefs and the Bills. People are assuming that's going to be the AFC Championship game. It's way better for the Ravens to come in and like they can they can almost be like the Titans last year, where people weren't really thinking the Titans were going to do anything, and then they made a surprise run. So probably better for the Ravens that they don't have the same expectations. Yeah, um, the Ravens, like yeah, they haven't beaten a ton of great teams, but the Cleveland win was good, and again mm-hmm. they're hot. So maybe um, Uncle Mo, Uncle Momentum is uh, oh. Uncle Mo, yeah, riding the wave for the Ravens. Another team in the AFC North, actually both the teams in the AFC North. Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, Bruno, both of these teams will be in the postseason this year thanks to Cleveland's 24-22 victory over Pittsburgh in this game. This game was a little bit weird, okay? A little bit weird, mm-hmm. a little bit wonky. Um, Baker Mayfield sealed the deal late in the game with a, uh, a little run action. But, I mean, you have to take it all with a grain of salt, all right? Take it with a grain of salt for Pittsburgh because Big Ben not playing. Um, they you know, All their receivers and stuff played, but Big Ben not playing. So obviously, Mason, Big Ben hasn't played great this year, but uh, Mason Rudolph and Dobbs, the other quarterback, that's a big difference. That's a big difference. And they still held their own in this game. Uh, they valiant effort late in the fourth quarter, but ultimately Cleveland comes away with the victory, and they have ended their drought, Bruno. The drought is over in Cleveland. It wasn't long ago that Bud Light was locking up uh, oh locking God. up refrigerators in the uh, in the <laughs> Cleveland area and saying, when the, when the Browns win, you can have Bud Light. Well, now they're going to the playoffs, so... <laughs> Awesome stuff. Yeah, congrats to them and good uh, good on Baker Mayfield. He had a you know not so great season as we've kind of talked about last year, and obviously he turned it around this year. So again, good for him and maybe proving some doubters wrong. I would say though that this is you know we kind of already thought this about the Steelers, but the Browns came into this game had a bunch of players out this game too, including like a lot of their like secondary starters. And you just mentioned it yourself, the Steelers had all of their, you know, they have a ton of wide receivers. So that theoretically should have been a matchup that could be exploited. I don't, you know, the quarterback play, we just talked about that. So I I agree with that, but it's kind of like, if you wanted some Browns players to be out for the Steelers, it would be the players that were out. And if they couldn't beat them, then that's, you know, I don't know really what that says. That being said, we have to talk about also the fact that the Browns like are experiencing like a COVID outbreak. They're literally their head coach and a bunch of other coaches are already out for the upcoming playoff game. So well, that's interesting. It's interesting, right? Because yes, yeah, Stefanski and other coaches are out for the playoff game, but Bruno, they just but. played Pittsburgh. They'll be playing Pittsburgh again right. this week. So right. in terms of preparation and stuff, it's not like it's a team you, not right. like they're going up against uh, the Bills or something, someone they haven't played this year. They've played the Steelers twice already this year. They've just played them this last week. They obviously know a lot about each other. There's not a lot to hide. Um, so I feel like that's actually a good thing for the Browns, that you're playing a familiar opponent. Obviously, it'll change because the fancy calls plays for them. So right. in that sense, yes, different. But not as bad as it could be. Obviously not ideal. But I don't know. I'm not going to tease anything, but I wouldn't be shocked. If Cleveland happened to win that game. Kurt, the only thing that makes me nervous is that you always say it's hard. Well, not you always say, but like it just imagining in my head, it seems like it would be difficult to beat a team two times in a row. So like 
part of me almost wishes the Browns, well, not lost because I wanted them to make the playoffs, but just the fact that they won last week, I really hope it's like that wasn't their win over the Steelers, and now when it matters, they won't win. You know what I mean? I hope they, I'm rooting for the Browns. Is what I'm yes, saying. me too. I'm a, get, Put my brown hat on. Um, <laughs> next game, we head to the NFC. Okay. Vikings beat the Lions in a thriller. Sorry, Matt Ski. 37-35. <laughs> too bad this game had no playoff implication, and therefore nobody cared. Here's what I care about. Mm. I hope it was Matt Stafford's last game as a Lion. Oh. Yeah, honestly, Kurt, uh, kind of a banger of a game. Like, I, 37-35, Stafford balling out. Even Kirk Cousins playing pretty well. It sucks for the Vikings because, honestly, they should have made the playoffs. They did. What a disappointing season for the Vikings, Terrible. to be honest. But like you said, main takeaway is that even though he has two years left on his deal, Matt Stafford, future New England Patriot quarterback, uh, uh, impressing in his end-of-season highlight for uh, Coach Belichick, so... Um, yeah, I uh, w- wouldn't be wouldn't be the maddest person in the world if uh, somehow we traded a sixth round draft pick for Stafford and Kenny Galladay. I wouldn't hate nope, that. Would not hate that at all, Bruno. At all. <laughs> Great game. Nobody cares. Yep. Anyway, yep. next game. Massive, massive, massive for the NFC East. Okay, Cowboys played the Giants. So this game was played at one o'clock. So what mm-hmm. needed to happen in this game? If the Cowboys won this game, they needed Washington to lose to the Eagles. And the Cowboys would have gone. Same thing for the Giants. Giants win this game versus the Cowboys. You need the Eagles to beat Washington. They would have gone. Yep. Well, what happened in this one, Bruno? What happened is the G-Men. Joe Judge and the G-Men. And the G-Men. They take down the Cowboys 23-19. Shout out not to both of us because we were wrong. Sick. <laughs> wrong. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a great win for the Giants. But a couple things here. One. Andy Dalton shit his pants uh, on third down late in the game. Cowboys needed a touchdown. There, uh, he rolled left through a prayer to the end zone, like twenty yards on the field, intercepted. But the fact that the giant, the Cowboys had to go for a touchdown, and that's right. interesting because Mike McCarthy, uh, the last touchdown the Cowboys scored, rather than go to go for two to get it to a three score, uh, three point game, he kicked the extra point to make it a four point game. Obviously, right. that's a huge difference when it comes down to it because the Cowboys were well in field goal range, could have kicked it to tie it, go to overtime, let it play out. Another thing, on the Giants side of things, all the Giants yep. needed was a first down. <laughs> I'm glad you're bringing this up. One first down to seal the deal. I don't know who their running back was. Was it Gallman? Yeah, I think it was Gallman. Gallman. Okay, their running back. Breaks through a hole to the left. Great. First down. Giants win the game. Right? Right? Hold on to your butts, people. Because Oh, Goldman, literally, he was barely touched, kept running, fumbled the ball himself, and then yep. these referees, goddamn, the, oh my the God. three blind mice must have been out there. The three blind mice, Helen Keller, Stevie Wonder, all these blind people, okay? they it was it, The fact of the matter is the Giants were given possession of the ball because they said right. that Goldman had control of the ball. False. Go look at the picture. Goldman... Uh, was sitting, he it. was sitting in the ball. That's what they yeah. gave. Obviously, a little later, they showed a camera angle that showed the Giants it did, in fact, have the ball. But the fact that they called it possession on the field and that Goldman had possession is wonky to me. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, Kurt, uh, I second that year suggestion to go look at the picture because it was hilarious. There's a fantastic image of Goldman. Literally, it seems like he's trying to inject the ball into his nether regions. That's all I'm going to say. So go look at it. It's a funny picture. I, I, it raised a good question, Kurt. Is that considered 
possession. If you're <laughs> if you're maintaining control of the ball and it's not moving with your batons, is that considered possession? You tell me. <laughs> you well, tell me. The, we wanted the refs to tell us, and they barely had any idea what they were doing. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Giants made it harder for themselves. Cowboys made it even harder. Again, like, we're going to get into it later. But, again, because this was in the early slate of games, at the time, this was absolutely massive. Because massive. if either of these want, two teams wanted to make the playoffs, it's a two-step process. And step one is winning the game. And for the Giants, obviously, they held on to win the game. So it was it was good for them. So the Giants won the game. Now they now they were in waiting mode. Okay, they were right. waiting mode. Um, next game, Falcons at the Bucks. Anyone think the Falcons won this game? Nope. <laughs> no theory. Nope. Tom Brady, four more touchdowns. Boy throws for 399 yards, four more touchdowns, equaling 40 touchdown passes on the season, yep. three rushing touchdowns, and he only had 12 picks. So Brady essentially was accountable for 43 touchdowns and 12 yep. interceptions in his first year in a bad offense with a bad coach. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. They win 44-27. Falcons suck. I bet Matt Ryan gets traded this offseason. They're in looking for a head coach. They are in salary cap hell. They are like $17 million over the salary cap right now. Oh, God. So whatever head coach gets that job, good luck. God bless. You're going to need it. Uh, you're in some trouble. Uh, Atlanta looks like they could be a, a cesspool of shit. For. <laughs> I don't know. That's the first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> so, not a great place. While the Buccaneers, they are the hottest team in the NFC, I believe, right now. They are yeah. the hottest team. Watch out for Tom Brady and the Bucks. Yeah, and honestly, Kurt, uh, sorry for Falcons fans, but yeah, that is a, a dire situation. But speaking of finances, my only real takeaway, other than, again, the Bucks look hot, and they're they're kind of like, um, we were just talking about the Ravens, they're kind of like that same NFC equivalent of that. Uh, I'm sure you saw this, but Antonio Brown, at the end of the game, needed like three catches to get his, I think it was 40 or 45, whatever the mark was, to get uh, 250000 as an incentive for his contract. So Tom Brady, with like less than two minutes left, threw him three straight shovel passes to get him to the reception mark. So That's just uh, another another chapter in this saga of Tom Brady and Antonio Brown being like best friends slash lovers. I don't know what's going on with them, but like it's super weird. It is very strange. Like that report when he signed with the team that he was like living with Tom Brady. Like you saw that, I'm sure. Yes. So you know, I honestly we can't even rule out that it's still happening at this point. So uh, yeah, I, I, going back to the actual game. Like you said, I think we were looking at this last stretch uh, to see that the Bucks try to round into form because they went through kind of a difficult stretch. So, like you said, look out um, the rest of the NFC because, you know, obviously, even if their defense isn't playing up to form, their offense certainly is. Yes, no doubt about it. No doubt about it, Bruno. Moving right along to the next game. So, we talked about how we picked this game in our pick mm. picks. Um, mm. I don't remember who you picked. Oh, Packer, come on. Okay. Come on. I was just, I come on. Bruno, you've taken some weird picks. Right? <laughs> Anyways, Packer absolutely stopped the Bears 35-16. It was a little bit nerve-wracking for the Bears, though. A little bit nerve-wracking oh, for yeah. the Bears because they were the current 7 seed, but they were right there with the Cardinals. So if the Cardinals had won and the Bears had lost, the Cardinals were going to go. Okay, uh, Packers, this was important for them because yeah. they needed to clinch the 1 seed. Obviously, yeah. the 1 seed is so important this year. We just talked about it with Kansas City a while ago. Um so Packers lock up the one seed after a win this week. Trubisky kind of came back to earth. Okay, he had been playing really well for a couple of weeks. That offense really took a nosedive this week. Um, 
I would I would have to say the Packers are the favorite right now going to the postseason, but I'm oh, yeah. way more excited about the NFC side of the playoffs than I am the, the AFC. Mm-hmm. There are some electric games and there are some potential electric matchups. Oh yeah. In in that side of the bracket. First thing that pops into my mind, if the Bucks beat uh, the team who is the four seed, we'll get to that in a bit. Mm-hmm. They will be going on the road to uh, Green Bay, most likely. Most likely. So for that to be the first second round, the, the second round matchup, uh, we're getting a treat. Yeah, that would be insane. And speaking of uh, these playoff matchups, I believe that um, not to spoil or eh, we'll get it. We'll get well, you know a little little tease right there. I won't spoil anything. Oh. I think our thing about the Bears that we both noted on the pick six is that they had put up 30 points in four straight games. People were like, oh, yeah, the Bears are so good. They had been playing terrible defenses, right? So, like, that was most likely the reason. Not that the Packers' defense is, like, the best in the NFL, but they're way more solid than a lot of the teams that are playing. Look what happens. Just like you said, Trubisky regresses. They only put up 16 points. They don't look very good. To be fair, this happens every single time the Bears play the Packers. So, yeah. like, that that's just that's the story of Bears-Packers. That being said... A uh, little spoiler alert, the Bears, uh, with the way things are going, may or may not have to get to avoid playing the Packers in the playoffs. I'm not, whether that's because they missed the playoffs or because they don't have a first-round matchup, tune in later to find out. We will see. <laughs> um, also, I hope Bill Belichick calls and um, goes and gets Allen Robinson. Oh. Free agent. You know, the, you know that video? It's like, I'm going to get you out of there. It's <laughs> The yep. That's yep. Bill Allen Robinson. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Dude, there was all those rumors at the trade deadline because Allen Robinson like deleted a bunch of his Bears references on social media and blah blah blah. And so whatever. Hopefully, we've, I agree. That would be incredible if he was on the Patriots. Incredible. Mm. Next game, AFC West matchup: Raiders Broncos. No one gives a shit. Raiders <laughs> win 32-31. But literally, no one gives a shit. I have nothing to say. Yeah, I have nothing to say. I had to look up what happened because this is one of the games I just didn't track. I guess the Raiders scored late and went for two to get and got the two-point conversion, and that put them up by one, which they won by. So good for them. The Raiders are another team that probably should have made the playoffs and ended up not making the playoffs, so that sucks. The only other noteworthy thing from this game after was that Josh Jacobs, you know, star running back, got arrested for a DUI, or allegedly, I guess, alleged DUI after the game, so that's not great. But uh, this is the NFL, and they have shown far worse uh, crimes committed and still in the league with the t- uh, the talent also at hand. So I'm sure he'll be back, but you know, hopefully he cleans that up and gets his act together. Yeah, not great on his part, but both those franchises, John Gruden ha- seems to have Oakland he- or whoa, Vegas heading in the right direction. Mm. Broncos, yeah, good luck. Can we just take a second also to acknowledge John Gruden, his contract, 10 years, 100 million? I think people forget that that's his coaching contract. Really? Yes, yeah. I forget that. I do Ten forget. years, a hundred million. Can, like Kurt, that's just ludicrous. That Luda, Luda. <laughs> you know, uh, sorry, I was a little distracted. Uh, oh. Just got a ESPN notification. Oh, Texans were blocked from hiring Patriots Nick Casario and as a GM in 2019, but it has a real promise this year, according to Adam Schefter. Oh, interesting. Uh, maybe that's because I think wasn't if I remember correctly, wasn't last year Bill was like irate because there was some tampering thing and they were yes. gonna file a tampering charge yes. and then they withdrew it so they didn't. So maybe he's like, all right, you did it the right way this time. We'll allow it. Maybe I don't know. Perhaps. Um, I I like Nick Casario. I think he knows what he's doing. Obviously, Bill trusts him a lot. The only thing I can ever remember about Nick Casario is the oh. Patriots show those inside the draft rooms right. when they're making picks. We hop back two years, Bruno. Okay, End of the first round. Pick 32 for the Patriots. 
Nick Casario's looking at the board. He goes, it's got to be Harry. He wanted him to kill Harry oh, so bad. No. Here's to kill Harry. <laughs> Julian uh, Edelman had more receiving yards than him and played 316 uh, less snaps, Bruno, for your first round pick for receiver. So Nick Casario, if you want to go to Houston, take uh, him. Take him with you. Take your bag. Uh, is that going to be his legacy, Kurt? <laughs> That's it. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Next game. Next game. Jaguars. The future team of Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah. On the road to the Colts, 28-14. This was big for the Colts because going into Sunday, the Colts were on the outside looking in. Oh, yeah. On the outside looking in. They needed someone to lose. Okay? They needed someone to lose, whether it was Cleveland, whether it was Baltimore, whether it was the Dolphins. Boy, those Dolphins, they they (laughs) said the Dolphins were dead. Yeah. Dolphins were dead. The Colts move into the playoffs as a seven seed in the AFC. They have a date in the first round at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Luck. Um, yep. I think this could be the last game ever for Philip Rivers in the NFL. Yeah. Two things you have to say are to follow up on what you said. Number one, I'm sure they are fucking pumped in a must-win game. They are playing the Jaguars. That's the team you probably want to be playing. I'm not going to lie. In the last week of the regular season, so and they already lost them once the season. They're the only Jaguars win this year, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, so yeah, so good for the Colts for taking care of business. Not that it really matters. That being said, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, not only do I think the Bills should, you know, not to give away our picks, but the Bills should, in all likelihood, stomp all over the Colts. Um, and yeah, I, the quarterback situation is very much up in the air. What his deal just from a basic level was a one year deal, right? So, no matter what, it's either a new deal or he's gone. Yeah, Philip River is like he looked okay. It just like I don't know if he's not the future, then like I don't see why you would can, like th- they should probably figure out what their future is going to be, whether that's Jacoby Brissett who's on the team or like draft someone. So, I agree. I I don't think Phil Rivers, you know, unless he has a magnificent playoff run somehow, I don't think he's he's leaving the Colts next year. Yeah, I well, yeah, we'll see. I yeah. don't I don't expect them to do anything really. The, yeah. I do want to say this though, Jonathan Taylor, the running mm. back for the Colts, has been on one lately. He ran for mm. 253 more yards this week. He looks like a, a very, 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 very good player for the Colts going forward. So lots of build around behind a good offensive line. I still yep. Philip Rivers is the answer there. Sh- look. If I'm looking at my Magic 8-Ball, I'm rubbing it right now. You can't see it, but I am. I can see it. Bruno can see me rubbing. Never mind. <laughs> Freezing. Um, hey. I, whoop, <laughs> rewind. Um, if I... Okay. <laughs> You're all out of sorts. I'm whack. Bruno, who yep. was with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia when he had his MVP season? Almost. Maybe a certain head coach of the Colts. Maybe Frank Reich, who's now the coach of the Colts. I think Ooh. we're gonna. I think we're gonna rekindle that oh, love. Yeah. Rekindle oh, that yeah. love. They will trade for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz will be the Colts starting quarterback next year. That's what my eight ball told me. Yeah, Carson Wentz in his magnificent team friendly hundred like twenty eight million dollar contract with kicks and it hasn't even started yet. Yeah, <laughs> so good luck to whatever team he plays on. Yeah, good luck, <laughs> goodbye. Next game, another AFC West showdown that meant absolutely nothing to either team. Yep. The uh, the Chargers go to Kansas City and they beat them. They beat the Chiefs 38-21. <gasps> oh my God! Oh my Chargers God! Beat the <gasps> oh my God! Guess what? No one cares. Chiefs sat everybody. So congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy for Justin Herbert. They moved to seven and nine. Um, uh, I was, I'm happy for Herbert. Obviously, regardless of this win, though, the big news this of this team, I guess, of this game, Anthony Lynn, who's been there for four years, fired for the Chargers. Two years ago, he was 14 and two, and, and now he's fired. So 
I, I think there is promise for him to find another job somewhere as a coordinator and potentially get back into the hiring pool for head coach, but he needs to figure out how to win close games. Um, and that's been his, obviously we've mentioned it a thousand times on this podcast, how the Chargers just refuse to loot, to refuse to win close ball games. Um, this game, they went by 17. Herbert was unbelievable. He's been unbelievable this year. I don't know who wins rookie of the year. I, I think he has to be it for the AFC, right? Or is there one for AFC, one for NFC? Because Justin Jefferson. Yeah, that was my that was my question. I was wondering if there was one. I don't know. I, I is there someone else from the AFC who would win it if it was AFC only over Herbert? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, Michael so, and Wayne. Oh, you know, casual. Um, but yeah, I, I have a couple follow-ups. I mean, number one, I forgot to mention this, the game before this game, but obviously the, one of the other coaching firings is Doug Marone for the Jaguars. So little, uh, what's it called? Post posthumous. Well, that's what's up with that. Or I don't know. Post coverage. Shout out to Doug Marone from that game. Second, absolutely right. Anthony Lynn fired. Yes, they did win their last like four or five, I forget four in a row. That doesn't, um, the problem is though, that like, that doesn't make up for his just, entire season's work of like mistakes whether that was clock management we saw some really horrible clock management timeouts really horrible like either usage or non-usage of timeouts play calling decision making like there was a lot on the body of work for the whole season and like you referenced like the fact that it, it wasn't just like one or two close games that they lost this year it was like almost all of their losses right so you know they again i'm sure he'll find a job as a coordinator maybe make it back one day but i think you can understand why they made the decision now and lastly, it is kind of funny that the Chiefs' only two losses this year were to the AFC West. Just kind of funny. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Bruno, next game. Another really, really, really big game. Okay. Arizona at Los Angeles, at the Rams. Okay. Mm-hmm. This game was important for both teams because if the yep. loss could have put both of them out of the playoffs. For a loss for the Cardinals could have put them out of the playoffs. Loss for the Rams could have put the Rams out of the playoffs. The Rams turned their attention to John Wolford, Wake Forest <laughs> legend, in a, in a uh... moment of need. Okay, in a moment of need, going up against Kyler Murray, or so you thought. Right. Kyler Murray only got a series or two in this game before he got right. injured in the first quarter, which ultimately led to the Rams' 18-7 to win over the Cardinals, knocking our team, our Arizona Cardinals, out of the postseason. Sad. Um, first of all, uh, Wake Forest, shout out our boy Brett LeClaire, um, Demon Deacons, baby. Um, second Deacon. of all, yeah, go Deacons. Second of all, I just I feel so bad for Kyler because like that just sucks. Like playoffs on the line, your team needs you. Prime opportunity against a team also starting like a shitty quarterback. Well, I mean, no offense to John Wolford, but no, like he's he's no starter really. So like this this was lining up to be perfect for the Cardinals. He tried. He went to the locker room and came back, and then went to the locker room again and came back. He tried his best. Just you know, unfortunate timing with his injury. Crushing loss for the Cardinals. To be fair, we've said this many times, but. They were only even in this position thanks to that Hail Mary win against the Bills anyways. So, like, I don't know. It's tough. Looking at their season, like, they had some great wins. They had a couple great stretches. They also had some bad losses. So, it's like, at the end of the day, yes, it is. it does suck that Murray was hurt and they couldn't win this final game. I don't know, though, if you could look at their whole body of work and be like, they deserve to be a playoff team. Then again, the ba- uh, oh, well, I won't spoil it. There are some playoff teams who you could also say that about who are, like, why are they in the playoffs? So, I guess that's the flip side of it, too. But... I don't know. Uh, Kurt, let me ask you this. How how much of a leash, I guess, are you giving Cliff Kingsbury moving forward? Like, And I'm not saying there's any rumors. There's no substance to that. It's just I've heard a lot of people say, and I am interested to hear from you, like, we were promised all the stuff with Cliff Kingsbury, even though we saw what his resume was from college. 
And then with the year kind of turning out like this, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I don't think this was a good season for Arizona. Um, it looked very promising at the beginning, but they really, really fell off. And I think it really started with the Patriots game. Um, they shouldn't have lost to the Patriots. They should have beaten us. Um, and they kind of never got back on track from them. That offense is too prolific, too high-powered to only do what they did the last half of the season. Um, DeAndre Hopkins got his, but I feel like players were underutilized. And uh, you probably saw Larry Fitzgerald play in his last game ever in the NFL. What a career for Bad. him. But you have Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella. You have Chase Edmonds. You have good You have good skill guys. You have good tight ends. And I, I feel like a lot of that responsibility falls on Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll I see. Think, I think he's safe unless they have a terrible, terrible season next year, which I just don't really envision. But I would. I mean, I I don't think his job is in jeopardy yet. Fair. That's fair. Also, quick shout out: Larry Fitzgerald, uh, either number one or a close number two to Calvin Johnson for the all-time receivers the Patriots were rumored to trade for, but never did. Correct. A hundred. One hundred percent. That <laughs> that picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, black <laughs> at the airport. Heads in the airport. <laughs> gets tweeted all the time. Oh. Larry Fitzgerald and at at uh, what's, what's the airport in Boston. Uh, Logan. Lo- at Logan Airport. I'm like, oh my. <laughs> I fell for it like four times. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're in Patriots Twitter, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, so, uh, if not, please just move along. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next game in the NFC West as well. Seattle yep. Seahawks go to San Francisco and beat the 49ers 26-23. This actually was a bad outcome for Patriots fans. Ask right. why, Bruno. Why is that well, that matters because if the 49ers had knocked off Seattle, they would have been 7-9 and nine as well, and they hold the head-to-head tiebreaker with the Patriots, who are also 7-9. and nine. So the Patriots, I mean, uh, yeah, the Patriots would have been picking 14th in the draft rather than 15th. Again, we're picking hairs there. Like, it's splitting hairs, right. I mean, it's not a huge deal. But would have been like, I'll take that extra spot, uh, right. you know. But ultimately, yeah, Seattle comes back. They were down 10 in the fourth quarter. I was looking pretty happy there for a second. Yeah. And then uh, Russell Wilson said, hold my beer. I'm going to go win this ballgame. Seattle locks up the three seed in the NFC at 12-4. and four. Uh, This game was important for Seattle, though, because if somehow the Saints had lost their game, Seattle would have gone to the two seed. Um, so a, a good win for Seattle. 49ers have issues. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a quarterback there next year. I saw the re- someone put out a report, Bruno, that uh, the 49ers will move on from Jimmy Garoppolo if a better quarterback is available. Well, no shit. If a better <laughs> quarterback is available, you're going to yeah. go after him. So like, right. that's the dumbest report I've ever seen. But I right. do think that was Jimmy Garoppolo's last game. I also feel like Bill Belichick is like, you know that like uh, the guy the, the, <sighs> the guy rubbing his hands and like, licking his oh, yeah. I feel like that's, that's yeah. Belichick thinking he can go back and get his, his boy, Jimmy G. Yeah, that's a whole another issue. You know, we kind of talked about that in our in our quarterback preview. I think that was last week whenever we talked about that. That makes me very nervous, so I'm not sure how I feel about that. But um, two things I kind of take away from this game. Number one, about the 49ers, they they were had a brutal season for injuries. They, injuries just left and right, not even just to the quarterback. Like, they started C.J. Beathard against this game, but not even just quarterback. Like, I'm pretty sure they lost Bosa. He was out for the year. A bunch of running backs were out for a ton of times, so... The fact that they, I know this sounds kind of silly, but the fact that they even went 6-10 and 10 shows that they like fought hard. They did all they could. They had some close losses like this one. So I don't think, you know, this means by, this is by any means uh, a sign that the 49ers won't be contenders in the, in the following years. Maybe not Super Bowl contenders, but they're going to be good. So I think they need to get healthy, figure out the quarterback, and then they'll be back to their, you know, hopefully winning ways. 
on I, the flip side of this, I, oh, sorry. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, on the flip side of this, though, Kurt, the Seahawks, we've talked many times about how they started this year incredibly hot and Russell Wilson was looking like an MVP candidate. Now we're at the end of the season. Not sure if he'll get an MVP vote. Not because he's not good, just because obviously Aaron Rodgers has risen to the occasion and a bunch of other players. Josh Bob, Allen. Josh Allen. So, you know, there's a lot of other candidates. But Henry. I, Henry. I, Kurt, now that we've covered both these games, it's Seahawks-Rams, right? That's the, the playoff matchup? Uh, Yeah. I'm really not even confident in the Seahawks, to be honest. I, I guess it kind of depends. Wait, let me take that back. If Jared Goff... He had like some procedure on his thumb done, which is what was what kept him out this week. If he's not playing, I think the Seahawks yeah. are going to win. But say Jared Goff is playing, and again, that he's not super affected by he, he can throw normally. I'm not even really confident in the Seahawks, which is kind of crazy considering how they started. Right? They started out looking like Super Bowl favorites yeah. the first like six weeks. I think and I now picked, here we are. I think I picked yeah. him. And now here we are, Kurt. So again, it's hard to really doubt Russell Wilson. He's pro- he's a proven winner. He he's he comes up clutch. It seems like almost all the time, but it just seems like they needed this final stretch of the season to kind of figure it out. And I wouldn't really confidently say that they did. Yeah. Did you see Aaron Donald's post game press conference or on the field press conference? I guess they were asking him questions after the game about the win um, for the Rams. And uh, he, uh, (laughs) they said like, Oh, you're playing Seattle in the first round of playoffs. He's like, great. No other team I'd rather play. So, no love Jeez. lost. No love lost between the Seahawks and the Rams. So they'll see each other yep. uh, next week. But yeah, yep. Seahawks win this one by three over the 49ers. The 49ers' tumultuous season comes to an end. Yep. Moving right along, the New Orleans Saints go to Carolina and put a put a hurting on the Panthers. They went hunted, and the Panthers are no are no more. It is thirty three to seven. The final score: Drew Brees three touchdown passes to to lead the Saints to victory. We're getting very, very, very close to the end of Drew Brees' career. I wouldn't mind right. one more magical run for for the boys in the black and gold. Yeah, it's not hard not to the, the, yeah, cool yeah. the cool gold. Yeah, exactly. They are our brothers at arms. We've long talked about how Patriots and Saints both face numerous injustices from Goodell and the dictatorial NFL. They're tight. Um, exactly. So hopefully the Saints, you know, especially with their bad luck in the playoffs recently, hopefully they go on to do big stuff. I don't have any takeaways from this game other than maybe an interesting tidbit Teddy Bridgewater looked really bad. I think he even got like pulled in this game too. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not very plugged into the Panther scene to be honest, but I don't know if there that is any indication that they are not set on him being the the guy moving forward. I forget what contract. I don't know if it was. Like they a signed him to pretty decent money. They, yeah, they, so, they're paying him decent money. They hopefully, if you're a Panthers fan, you have to hope that I think there was something similar with Jimmy G's contract where it was like. It was like five-year deal, but after the third year, they could get out for zero dollars, which I think is this year, which is why all these rumors are starting. I don't know if that's the same for Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't think you can say it's all his fault. Christian McCaffrey was out almost the entire year, and you know they had a lot of up and they were in some, they had some close games, but um, it'll be interesting to watch what Carolina decides moving forward with quarterbacks. You know, there might be a former Panthers quarterback who might be a free agent and available on the free market on the free agent market. Can, so who knows? Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be. Crazy. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yep. Uh, next game. Okay. The Titans head down to Houston where they get a wild, wacky victory to knock off the Texans 41 to 38. Bruno, please lay it out like you did so eloquently for me off mic. Tell, tell the good people what happened at the end of this game. Right. So a very classic, it feels like, AFC self-matchup where it was just points, 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 points. The final score, like you said, 41 to 38. 
the basically it was 38 35 titans near the end of the game sean watson drives them all the way down they kick a field goal i forget the exact time there's like 30 seconds or something left right so it's you know tied to 35 not a lot of time left you're thinking okay most likely scenarios overtime which is kind of crazy because correct me if i'm wrong kurt but i believe because the colts also won like the if the titans had lost I think they still would have made the playoffs, but they would have slid all the way down to like the sixth seat or whatever it was. Like, obviously, it was, if this was, are they going to win the division or not? Which is like some pretty serious stakes on the line. You know what I mean? So they get the ball back with like whatever amount of time, 30 seconds left. For first or second play, like right off the bat, 60-yard bomb to A.J. Brown. Just an unbelievable catch. They just took their shot, absolutely went for it. It was just stunning to watch. I like couldn't even believe it as I was watching it. Puts them right in field goal range and they hit a field goal to win. But it's not even just ends there, right? Because they hit a field goal to win. A, Steven Gostowski out with COVID. So he wasn't even, it was their backup kicker kicking. And B, he doinked it in. It wasn't some Cody Parkey double doink miss. He knocked it off the right upright and in. So just wild, wacky finish to this game. But did he call bank? Hey, maybe he didn't call bank. But as Paul Pierce said, he called game. Hey, that was smooth, Bruno. That was smooth. <laughs> oh, I love so it. So we've, uh, we've teased this long enough for you, okay? Uh, the Washington football team goes to Philadelphia. Those G-men, they're still waiting. We talked about them about 20 minutes ago. Oh, they're, they're still, still waiting. waiting. We haven't told them if they're in or not. If they're in or not. <laughs> Bruno, are, are the Giants in? In possibly the most disgraceful way possible, they are not in. They are out. What do you mean? The Washington football team won? The Washington football team won, but I don't even know if you can say that they won because it might be more appropriate to say that the Eagles lost. Yeah, they were fucking handed the game is what happened, Bruno. Right. The Washington football team wins 20 to 14. But like you said, did they actually win? No, they actually didn't win. Okay. What happened in this little lovely game is Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson, head coach of the Super Bowl 52 champion Philadelphia Eagles. How the the fuck did he beat the Patriots? Um, Decides. No, this is a good time for me to evaluate quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, who's put up 14 points in the second quarter. No, you come with me. You come sit down. Okay, no more, no more for you. We're down three, but no, come, come sit, come sit. And not only did uh, did this man Doug Peterson decide I'm going to sit Jalen Hurts, he decides that he's going to have a little bit of a quarterback competition where Nate Sudfeld's going to go in the game. Some guy named Ward. I don't know who he is. He went in the game. But he uh, it just, you know, he wanted to test the waters to make sure they got some snaps. And what happened here was A, Philadelphia must hate the Giants. But more likely than not, they're like, oh, we want a better draft pick. So I think Philadelphia is locked into the sixth pick in the draft this year. Um, and I understand that. But when you are blatantly, blatantly trying to lose, like you're not even trying to hide it anymore, and you're going to rest your best players, it's. I feel like it, it was a. Really, really disrespectful move by Doug Peterson because you people go back and say like, oh, well, the Chiefs rested Patrick Mahomes and A, B, and C, and D. It's different because you directly knew what you were affecting. Like, you knew exactly what you were doing. Philadelphia knew by losing, uh, Washington went to the postseason. If they had tried to win the game, they know that the Giants, in this case, would have went. So you are directly affecting the out the what the outcome of what who was going to go to the postseason and you didn't even put your best effort forward and i dan orlovsky has gone off on twitter about it head coach of the giants joe judge has so he didn't even mention the eagles name or doug peterson but he put them on blast oh yeah he put them on blast if you have a time go look up joe judge's press conference it's about a minute and a half where he just talks about how you know 
he has had so many of his guys opt in to this season who he's asked them to you know skip Christmas or their holidays with their families. He's asked them to not go to Thanksgiving. He's asked them to not sleep in the same bed as their wives so that they can compete. And for Doug Peterson to take the competing out of his team's hands, Joe Judge said that will never happen while he's the head coach of the New York Giants. And I thought his his comment, his quote was perfect. And the, the Eagles coaching staff, not the players, the coaching staff should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. And Kurt, you put it best. There's really no reason at all. Like, I don't I, there's literally no reason you can justify doing what they did other than they hate the Giants, which like is so petty that like part of me wants to respect it. But it's still like you just can't you just can't have that, like not with real playoff implications of the line. And especially, you know, Kurt, let me just read our boy Sam Marshall, a.k.a. Sam Tarshall's text in our group when he was describing what had happened. He goes, sometimes you just got to use regular season games to see what you have in next year's second or third string quarterback has has who's been on the team for four years. Correct. Like, what what are we doing here? Like, let's be honest. What are what we are doing? you evaluating? What yeah. are you evaluating? Yeah, it makes no sense, Bruno. Right. It makes no sense. And I really, I honest to God hope, I honest to God hope that Doug Peterson has completely lost his locker room. I hope he's, oh, wow. I hope he's lost his locker room. I hope Philadelphia sucks next year. I hope that Doug Peterson is fired at the end of next season. Yeah, honestly, Kurt, uh, more reports keep coming out saying players are pissed. Uh, don't agree with the decision at all. Seems like Jalen Hurts had won the support of everyone, rightfully so. He had been electric. Obviously, we already knew that Carson Wentz is mad at Pearson for benching him in the first place, even though it was the right move. Um, so that relationship's gone. Unless this was some sort of like direction from the owner or whatever, higher-ups, I don't really understand what's what's going on here but but yeah it doesn't seem like uh he has the favor of his squad after this uh sad ending to the 2020 season for the eagles no it does not appear to be and uh it was funny because everyone was ganging up on the eagles on social media which made me very very happy uh, oh, yeah. jalen rager who's the wide receiver they took this year with the 21st pick oh uh, yeah <laughs> the pick before justin jefferson the video <laughs> that went viral again this yep. week of the vikings coaching staff just laughing there's just <laughs> Because they're like, what idiots. What idiots. I know. And it's not like the Eagles uh, desperately need wide receivers or anything. So, oh, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Jefferson really couldn't have helped. Classic. Oh, God. But, yeah, terrible, absolutely brutal by the Eagles. Shame on you. Uh, Karma will come and get you. Mm -hmm. And get you. That brings us mm -hmm. to the Patriots time. Bruno. Patriots part of the podcast for the final time this season. Sad. Wow. Oh my God. I didn't even realize that this is. Well, maybe we'll hopefully have some offseason stuff to talk about in the future. But wow, our last game breakdown of the year. That's last whew, game breakdown. Geez. Ready? Here we go. All right. Bang. Bang. Why did the Patriots have to wait till week 17 to be fun? Kurt, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, wish we saw this sooner. Yeah, damn right. Wish I saw it sooner. Also, the game I'm rooting for you to lose, you want to win? What I the, know. So the Patriots win 28-14 in a beautiful, snowy, freaking Foxborough. Um, <laughs> it reminded me of the old times. Tom Brady was our quarterback back then. Um, <laughs> but I give credit where credit is due. Cam Newton, great game. If that's your last game as a Patriot, where was that all season? And again, yeah, true. I do feel like, oh, I mean, yes, I know it's the Jets. I know. I know. They've also won two games in a row. 
They've also run. They've also won two games in a row against good teams, the Rams and the Browns. So yeah. the Jets were on a little bit of a hot streak. Um, <laughs> but the Patriots, <laughs> they really, really, really played well again. McDaniels opened his bag of tricks again. Jacoby Myers, two passes a season, two touchdowns. His QBR must be out of this world. Quarterback oh, yeah. must be out of this world. Um, yeah. Good for him. Good for that, man. It's Cam Newton, stat line, 21 of 33, 242 yards, three touchdowns. But the thing was, he got so many people involved. Devin Asiasi, first career catch. Devin right. Asiasi, first career touchdown. It was a long one. Uh, mm-hmm. Sony Michelle out of the backfield, 31-yard yep. receiving touchdown. Uh, yep. Sony Michelle looked good. Cam Newton ran for 79 yards. Cam, I mean, yeah. Cam was a – and then he caught a touchdown. So Cam ran for 79 yards, threw three, caught one. Like, if that's your last game as a Patriot, way to go. Kurt, I do believe I texted you before the game. We can check the red receipts if we want. Uh, I was expecting a vintage Cam game this this game, and I think I texted you right after uh, we the opening drive. I think he it was like the James White short touchdown yeah, uh, where we looked electric. I was like, Kurt, fucking call that he's gonna have 800 yards this game. Turns out he needed to uh, needed to wait into the fourth quarter to cement my take as being correct in terms of a vintage Cam game. But still, it does not change the fact that if you look at the stat line. Can't play pretty well. Kurt, do you have any thoughts on, on Cam Newton? No, my point still I, it remains <laughs> the same. I would love to see Cam back next year. Oh, also, <laughs> we talked about we talked about uh the reports during our pick six that Bruno sprung yes. on me. Yep. That Cam Newton would not be returning to the Patriots, kind of a mutual yep. agreement to go their separate ways. Uh that was Adam Schefter having a conversation. That was not a report. So yeah, it is, yeah, it is not a report. It was a conversation. So their door is not closed on that, blah, 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 blah. I do think Cam has his issues. Don't get me wrong. Cam has his issues. But I do – it's not that I don't – I don't really – I'm not completely invested in having him back next year, and I don't want to, like, not have him back. I'm somewhere in the middle. I do feel like if Cam Newton was surrounded with better players, he would have been much better. And so many of the things that you saw from the Patriots this year would have been different because Josh McDaniels – Knew they had nobody to throw to. That's why they went so run heavy. They put Cam under center all season, which is something he's never done before. He's always been a shotgun quarterback. So you put Cam in some bad situations. Like you really, truly put Cam in some bad situations. And I think that really affected what he was able to put on tape. He always talks about, I haven't put much on tape. I haven't put much on tape. Well, I think a lot of that was was Josh McDaniels. And Cam Newton has been a model patriot this year. We talked about that. Great teammate, great leader. Coaches love him. Players clearly love him, um, but if if this is the end, then I I'm glad he was the quarterback to follow Tom Brady. Yeah, Kurt, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think he probably would say the same thing, and that he'd probably only want to be back here next year if we drastically improved the wide receiver pass catching situation, or again, like if you had more time to prepare and like a full off season. So I think he is gonna if he if we have any interest in resigning him, I think his response would most likely be. What are you going to do to improve the offense? That being said, Kurt, let me just ask you this. I know we've talked about this at length already, but just give me a give me a refresher here. I know we both like Matt Stafford, but here's my kind of thoughts on it, and you give me your take. If not for Matt Stafford, I don't really think there's any other current NFL quarterback that like is going to be miles ahead of Cam Newton or who I'd really want that much more than Cam Newton. Like I, I Stafford, it would be electric, but within reason, right? I don't know if there's like a ton of other options. That begs the question then for me. Do I want a guy that maybe we fall in love with at 15 
you know, if we find our guy and he's available at 15 and we take him at 15, what do I want more? Cam Newton or that guy? I guess it could be either or. Like maybe we still try to resign Cam and have the rookie sit. Maybe that's a possibility, sure. But like that's kind of where I'm wavering, where it's like if we really convince ourselves that like this guy is is the guy for us and he's there at 15, I'm not sure I'd want Cam Newton over that guy. I don't know. What's your thoughts? So here's my thoughts, okay? The top of the draft this year is loaded with talent. Mm-hmm. especially quarterback play. Like we've mentioned, the four quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Those are the top four. The second tier, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. Uh, because the Patriots have been eliminated from the postseason and I am a full-on loser, I have been looking <laughs> at nothing but uh, drafts oh, that God. are four months too early. Um, and so many people are t- trending in the direction that they think there will be five quarterbacks taken in the top 15 picks um, mm. with Mac Jones being the fifth quarterback taken in the top 15 or 14 picks. There are a lot of quarterback needy teams in the top. 15. Right. Um, here's my thing. I saw this tweet like of quarterbacks taken in the first round and how many have hit and how many haven't hit. Right. There's been a lot of misses. In oh, the first- yeah. Okay, so here's my thing. If I'm Bill Belichick, if I'm Bill Belichick, if I am not absolutely in love with a quarterback, I'm not taking him. You have too many other holes on the roster to address before you reach for a quarterback in the first round. Okay, Mm. so that's my thing. And I don't I don't Mac Jones would be great if you can get him the second round at pick 45, but he ain't going to be there. So for me, it's just like unless one of these quarterbacks starts to fall. Wow. Here's my thing, too. If you want to go get like a Zach Wilson, you're going to have to trade up to like the top four. That's going to take a lot of draft capital for the Patriots. If they think Zach Wilson's the guy, they think he's the next Tom Brady, whatever it might be, and you go make that trade, fine. Okay. I can get get behind you on that. But what what I can't get behind is you selecting Mac Jones at pick 15 because you need a quarterback and having him suck. I don't, I want no part of that. We've talked so much about how the Patriots um, system is so complex, so hard to learn and so on and so forth. So for me, if it's not one of these top four rookie quarterbacks, I'd, I'd rather have cam back because we talk about how hard the system was. And they asked cam in a press conference, what's your biggest regret about your time in new England? And his response was that he didn't have more time. He didn't have OTAs. He didn't have uh, off-season work. He didn't do any of that. He signed in July, and he uh, COVID made it tough and virtual meetings and just a whole big shit show. So he said his biggest regret was he didn't have more time. Bill Belichick said the same thing. Well, if you sign with the Patriots again, you got nothing but time. You got nothing but time, and you have a year in the system. It's just I, like you mentioned, do I want Mitch Trubisky or Cam Newton? Do I want Gardner Minshew or Cam Newton? Do I want um, Philip Rivers or Cam Newton? God. It, it's like what it's for me. It's like a, okay, I'd rather have Cam. He's been here for a year. He's been here for a year. So unless you're getting one of those top guys, you're not going to go pay top dollar for Dak Prescott. But if you're not getting one of those top four players in the draft, uh, top four quarterbacks, I mean, rather, I don't know if I don't. Why not bring Cam back? Like why not? You know, as, as long as the offense gets reloaded, if you need to reload the offense. Yeah. And I, I will second what you said. Like, I tend to agree, especially about Mac Jones. Anytime you have 
like literally a Heisman favorite wide receiver on your team that you could throw to. Chances are your stats are going to be pretty good. He even had Jalen Waddle, who I think got injured and might come back for the college football championship uh, on his team too. So like it, it is a little hard to trust college stats sometimes, especially when it seems like all the yards and touchdowns come from just like go deep. You're going to run by the defender and I'll throw to you. Like that's not, you know, always a sign of NFL success. That being said though, Kurt, there is always the possibility, right? That we know that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are absolute boys, right? There's always the possibility that Bill Belichick calls him up and said, Hey, like I won't make this public, but just give me the, the down low on Mac Jones. Like, do you think he he's it? Do you think he has what it takes? And if, if they are convinced, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to see. Here's what I'll say, Kurt. Like, if we do end up taking Mac Jones, I don't think we would take him just to take him, right? Like, don't you think if we selected him, it would be because Bill did the did the scouting, talking yeah. to Saban, and it was like, I think he's the real deal. So, like, I guess you could say that, like, us not trading up says something too. But I don't know. I, I think that if we take him, that is us saying we think he's the real deal. And I don't know. I, I agree with you in that I, I don't know how much of a necessary – upgrade at least in the short term he would be over cam newton especially if he even starts next year and i do think you're absolutely right in that there's a lot of other pieces we need to figure out uh, especially on offense for next year year and the years to come that being said though we said it last week we have a fuck ton of salary cap coming up so hopefully you know whether you know I, there's not just one way forward for what we want to do in terms of who we draft and who we sign up for agency so hopefully if we do end up taking mac jones or even someone else that that's just part of the puzzle and bill knows what he's doing and bill we trust i guess we just have to say in bill we trust yeah i know you make a really good point if bills if mac jones is there at pick 15 and belichick takes him it's like i mentioned to you the other day it's like if obviously saban and belichick are tight so there would have been conversations there would have been plenty of background done on mac jones and Ma there's no doubt mac jones is generating a lot of buzz um from nfl the nfl camps right now especially if he leads alabama to a national championship oh yeah uh that that'll look real good um oh yeah but i i just, I just want to on the record though i also agree with you if i could choose obviously i would probably pick one of the top four so right. like let's not get that twisted like that's obviously the first case scenario and we're only really talking about mac jones because we don't have that high of a pick but let's say for example jalen waddle is there and mac jones is there what do you do Ooh. Or yeah, Kyle I mean, Pitts, a tight end. What do you do? It's like, I, uh, I know. I know. Honestly, Kurt, I'm not going to lie to you. What's easier to get in free agency? That top-tier wide receiver or, the, like, a, the I guess, like, a quarterback of Mac Jones's value? It's, pro it's probably harder to get the wide receiver. So maybe in that case, you take Waddle and say Cam is going to be, you know, you could even probably say Cam's going to be better than uh, Jones considering he's, like, a veteran and he's been in the system, right? So, like... I, like, are we finding another receiver that easily in free agency? I know we talked about some potential names, but are, on a rookie deal too, Kurt, what if he's next Justin Jefferson? I know, dude. I know. It's a lot of questions. I had a weird dream last night, Bruno. I had a really oh. weird dream because I was looking at mock drafts right before bed last night because I'm, again, a nerd. <laughs> and so many people had the Patriots taking Mac Jones yep. at pick 15. And I was like, okay. So I went to bed and I guess my brain was still thinking about Mac Jones. But the Patriots starting quarterback in week one next year, Bruno, guess who it was? Who who was it? Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? So Wait, like, that would complete – would that complete his AFC East every team he played for? Yeah. Oh, my would, God. It would complete it. And I was like, oh, it would be like the same thing the Dolphins did with Tua. It would be like the Patriots oh had Mac Jones. They go to him later in the season after Ryan Fitzpatrick holds, holds it down for a little bit. I was like, eh, okay, whatever. 
Kurt, I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't really considering Fitzmagic. After Stafford, is Fitzmagic at the top, the second on the list right there? Maybe. Probably. I'd, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. He's probably going to be a top target for teams that don't draft or get the quarterback that they want. I'm not going to lie. Right. Wait, is he for agent Fitzmagic or no? Yes, he is. Okay. Well, yeah. So we'll, we'll I wonder if the Dolphins are going to try to bring him back. Brian Flores can't decide, can't make up his mind. Oh, God. It's so weird. So, so yeah. weird. But. Bruno, I don't know. I don't have too, too much else to talk about. Uh, obviously, an interesting season for us to yeah. start a Patriots podcast. Kurt, but- yeah, we talked about this earlier in the season, but the fact that we started this, the first season without Tom Brady, and then the first time we don't make the playoffs since 2008, like what is the, are some people saying it's our fault? No, some people are saying March 17th, <laughs> we left the end of the world started. That's his fault. So Tom Brady ruined right. this for everybody. Okay, 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 fair, fair. But I, I'm also I'm almost happy that if we had a podcast last season and I had to talk about Tom Brady's last pass the Patriot being a pick six. Oh god. I might have just I might have just found the, near, the nearest cliff and ran. Yeah, and I, I think you would have. I would have self-destructed. Yeah, and I, I don't know what I would I, I would have been I'm not usually at a loss for words, Kurt, but that I would have been at an absolute loss for words. Yeah. So going forward, we will obviously be here to break down the post the rest of the postseason with you until we finish. We'll talk about some Patriot stuff. We'll have some tidbits going forward um, about what mm-hmm. we th- what we think could happen this offseason, where we're going. Um did you see real, one last thing? Did you see Pro Football Focus kind of drop that little nugget about Bill Belichick's contract? Did you see that? No. No, I did not. What, so what did they say? They were talking about Urban Meyer coming back to the NFL and stuff. And now Urban Meyer right. doesn't want to come back unless he makes $12 million. And someone commented like, no way Urban Meyer should get $12 million. That's what Bill Belichick makes, blah, 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 blah. Pro Football Focus retweeted it and said Belichick's way closer to $25 million a year. And I was like, holy shit. Wait, $25 million a year? Robert Kraft is paying dollar dollar bill, as Cam likes to call him. No wonder he calls him that. Yeah, $25 million is apparently around the salary. That is insane. No wonder he has a house on Nantucket. Yeah, holy shit. Well, first of all, deserved. So I'm not like mad about it, but like crazy. that is that's crazy. I guess crazy that's just something I never thought about. I guess I literally just never thought about Bill Belichick's contract. But like no, you Bill can't Belichick, really argue Bill Belichick is making the same amount this season as Tom Brady. Yeah, well, you know, that goes a long way for that conversation. But yeah, I mean you can't really argue the ROI on that one considering all the Super Bowls. So wow, that is nutty. Nutty. All right, Bruno. That's all. We will see the folks next time. Bruno, you get us out of here. All right. Well, like Kurt said, we're not going anywhere. You know, we're strapping in. The regular season's over. The playoffs begin. So on that note, uh, pick six is Saturday morning this week because there's exactly six games. So Saturday morning, Kurt and I will be predicting them all. We got a, a fun little wrinkle thrown in for you. Uh, we all know the standings in the regular season. We don't have to really talk about those. But the the stakes are going up and will increase with each week in the playoffs, giving a certain someone who is in second place, who shall not be named, an opportunity to come back and take over that first place uh, spot meaning that the loser will have to uh, on the final episode of the season this year sing the playing the field intro and outro uh, or whatever it might be. So uh, we'll see about that. We'll we'll get into that on Saturday. So tune in Saturday morning for that. Anyways, it's been an absolute pleasure with Q, my friend, my dear Kurtai, and uh, all of you millions of listeners out there for each regular season breakdown we've had this year. Thanks for listening to them all and all the engagement and everything that we got. Looking forward to continuing this throughout the playoffs. But for now, we will see you on the pick six on Saturday. And 
next time on Playing the Field. Later, guys.